Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. This is episode two of the official Your Conflict Coach podcast. My name's Hannah, and I'm your conflict coach. I am so glad that you guys are back with me this week. And thank you so much to everyone who listened to episode one. I loved your feedback. I loved hearing what you guys took away. I got so many amazing questions, comments about things you were interested in or want to know more about. And I am so excited to answer some of those questions for you today. So let's jump in. Last week when we talked about the different conflict styles, I mentioned that collaborating is the win-win solution. It's ideally how everyone would handle conflict as it arises. But that's not always going to be possible, and I think we all know that. Collaboration is something that we have to learn. And most of us throughout our lives have only ever seen destructive conflict styles. So we try those. Of the ones that we've seen, we find the one that does the least amount of damage. And that one becomes our instinct. And even if we adjust how we use it in every single conflict, and we're doing our best to make sure we're not damaging relationships, we're not hurting people, we're trying to handle the conflict in the best way we know how, we're inevitably still going to learn that conflict always does damage because we're only using destructive conflict styles. Collaborating is a constructive conflict style by nature. So it would make sense that if you're looking to not cause damage in a relationship where there's conflict, that you would use the collaborating style. And most of the time, that's going to be true. But today, I want to talk about when these other styles, avoiding, dominating, accommodating, when they maybe don't cause damage. What are some times when these actually are your best bet? What types of situations call for avoiding, call for dominating, call for accommodating? That's what we want to talk about today. We're all at some point in our life going to have a very significant conflict that's affecting us emotionally to the point where it makes other parts of our life harder. And you may be experiencing that now, but without a base level understanding of how these conflict styles play out in our day-to-day lives, which ones are natural reaction, which ones are instinct, which one do we use with our spouse that we wouldn't use with our boss? What do those differences look like? I want to give you guys some examples of that so you can get a better idea of how your reactions to conflict affect your day-to-day life. Because tackling those larger, more emotional conflicts will come a lot easier if you have that base level understanding. So when our emotions are high and we are triggered and every outcome we can conceive is bad, that's when our fight or flight kicks in. And as I mentioned in episode one, the flight part of fight or flight is avoiding. 
avoiding conflict. And that is the most common conflict style because it is emotionally the safest option based on the info we have at the time of the conflict. And when I say emotionally safest, what I mean is that when we choose to address a conflict, to do something about that conflict, whether it's dominating, accommodating, compromising, or collaborating, when we choose not to avoid it, when we choose to address it and do something about it, that puts us in a position of vulnerability. Regardless, by addressing the conflict, we are opening up and choosing to use our emotions to recognize them, to feel them, to let them exist. And when we make that decision, we are then vulnerable. And for a lot of us, over time, we've learned that that vulnerability is dangerous. So avoiding the conflict is the safest emotional option. I don't want to forget to mention, though, how beneficial it can be to be able to walk away from a conflict. There are circumstances in which avoiding is genuinely your best bet, and being able to recognize those can save you so much energy. For example, if the issue at hand is trivial or just so small that it truly doesn't matter, at that point, both parties might even be able to agree to avoid the conflict. You may not word it that way, but that actually happens pretty often. Another time avoiding can be a benefit is when there's genuinely no chance of getting what you want. And getting what you want sounds a little harsh, but if there's no chance of you reaching a resolution that satisfies you, then it might be worth preserving your energy. Another type of avoiding that we don't want to ignore is yielding. Just waiting until you're more calm. Waiting until the emotions have died down. Waiting until you have a night to process. Waiting until you're in a better place physically or mentally to resolve the issue. Those types of yields, waiting before you move forward with resolving the conflict, are technically avoiding. And those can be really beneficial if one or both or all parties involved aren't ready to approach the conflict constructively. It's important to avoid damage when you can. So the next question would be, if we're not avoiding, then what are we doing? What do the other conflict styles look like? And one of the other styles I'd mentioned in episode one is the dominating style. A lot of people prefer to refer to the dominating style as the competing style. Instead, I think that's a little bit misleading because you can be very competitive and still not have a competing conflict style. But if that helps you understand it a little bit better, I thought that might provide a little bit different perspective on it. So while the avoiding style is the flight side of fight or flight, dominating is the fight side of that coin. The dominating conflict style can be super tricky because 
there are times where it is necessary and expected, but there are also times where it is extremely damaging. In situations and dynamics where there is a very clear and understood power difference, for example, a teacher and a student, or a parent and a child, or a boss and an employee, those types of power differences require the party with the most power, with the understood power, to employ a dominating conflict style or a competing conflict style. If you're a parent, you're going to enforce your house rules, even if it makes your children upset. Or as a teacher, you're going to enforce the classroom rules or the school rules or even the laws, even if it makes the students upset. These types of power differences, they exist everywhere in our culture and in our society, they don't always exist between adults and children. Sometimes they can exist between adults and adults. But even when this dynamic does exist between adults, like in the boss and employee example, those types of circumstances will require quick, decisive action. There will be important but unpopular issues that require decisions to be made. And a lot of times, the party with the most power is going to be entrusted with either deciding or enforcing what is quote-unquote correct or the right decision. Those things are in the hands of the person with the most power. So in those circumstances, if they don't employ a dominating conflict style, that is if they don't stress their position, if they don't fight in the interests of their goals and objectives, that necessary power dynamic will be compromised and there would be more conflict in the environment. So the dominating style or the competing style can definitely be beneficial and can be necessary. But it's important to recognize that if you try to employ the style in a conflict where there's a level power dynamic, it will almost always cause damage to the relationship. Now, the opposite of the dominating conflict style, if you remember, is the accommodating conflict style. Accommodators will consistently give up their own needs, goals, wants, interests, ideal resolutions. They'll give all of that up and let the other person have what they want. Let the other party or parties take the win. Now, every time I talk about accommodating, there are people who seem genuinely offended that I don't recommend accommodating because on the surface, accommodating in general is a really good thing. Being friendly, giving more than you take, putting other people above yourself. I recommend all of those things to an extent. When you're in a conflict, if you are consistently refusing to fight for your needs and your interests and your goals, if you're not standing up for the issues that are causing that conflict in the first place, then you're only hurting yourself. You are missing out 
on opportunities that would allow you to grow deeper with these people, to learn more about these people and let them learn more about you, build deeper connections, more meaningful relationships with people who would be willing to accommodate you every once in a while. You don't provide those opportunities for those people if you're consistently accommodating others and refusing to recognize your own needs, wants, interests, goals, and resolutions. But again, as I said, accommodating can be a really incredible tool. And it's not inherently a bad habit to have. And I personally think it's a skill that everyone should make sure they're able to utilize. Because there are times where accommodating can save relationships. For example, we've probably all been in a conflict where the issue at hand is very clearly much more important to the other person or the other people than it is for us. In those type of situations, it would not be worth our energy or our efforts to fight for something that genuinely doesn't mean anything to us when it means so much to the person on the other side especially if our relationship with that person matters. And similarly, if you're wanting to limit any potential damage of continuing the conflict, if you feel like being in the conflict is doing irreversible damage to the relationship and the relationship matters more than the issues, that's another time that accommodating can be really helpful. And there's one other time I recommend always using the accommodating style. And it may seem obvious, but I'll say it anyway. When you're in the wrong. If you're in a conflict and you are in the wrong and everyone knows it, you likely have the power to either fix it or at least do some relationship repair by accommodating the other person or the other party, the other parties, their goals, their needs. I could go on for hours about this stuff, but you guys seem to really like the 15 to 20 minute length of episode one. And so if I do start making longer episodes, I want to build up to that. And I don't want to give you guys too much new information at once because I want this to be able to be applicable for you in your day-to-day lives. And I want you to be able to walk around and think about the things that you've heard me say and observe how they play out in our lives. Because I think that's one of the most important parts of being able to utilize this information in a beneficial way. So with that, we know that collaboration is the goal. But we also know that it's a process and that it's not always possible. We know that avoiding is dangerous because it doesn't give us the opportunity to address the conflict and learn anything about it. But it can also be really beneficial. The ability to walk away from a conflict if you're not ready to address it is a level of self-control that we should all strive to have. We also know that dominating can be dangerous because it can come off as aggressive, can come off as a power play, but there are times where that power dynamic is real and a dominating or competing conflict style is necessary in order to get a job done or to maintain a level of respect in the dynamic. 
We also know that accommodating can be dangerous because you could be hurting yourself by never prioritizing your own interests, goals, and needs. But it can also be beneficial if you're in the wrong or if there's a relationship that needs saving. Obviously, I'm also going to expand on compromising and collaborating, but I want to do that next week because I want to really be able to compare the two and give you guys an idea of what I mean when I say that compromising isn't a win-win. So that being said, I just want to thank you guys again for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with me. And I really hope that you're finding value in the information I'm providing here. That's all I have for you in this episode. I truly hope you learned something today. And even if you didn't, I want to remind you that sometimes unlearning things is just as important. And that takes time. So I leave you with this. What's one thing you can start to do better today? As always, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Your Conflict Coach with two H's. You can also email me at Your Conflict Coach with two H's at gmail.com. 